Hi there, I'm John Bensalia. Welcome back to my Perpetual Outside podcast. I'm hoping to be uh, uploading a few more podcasts uh, this year. I'm for, you know, for various reasons. Um, I mean, it, it went a bit quiet in the latter part of last year, but I'm hoping to, uh, to make up for uh, the lost time. One of the new features uh, I'm launching today, which is my A to Z of albums, what I'm going to be, or at least what I'm planning to do, is to um, offer a you know a brief overview and a brief review of every album that I've managed to collect since I was eight years old, way back in the mists of time. Um, so yeah, hopefully I, I will make it to the letter Z. Fingers crossed, anyway. Um, just a, a quick point: I won't be including uh, compilation albums. Because that you know, there's probably likely to be an overlap between, um, because I, I do have you know quite a few albums by multiple artists. Um, there you know there will be the inevitable overlap between those. So um, I'm I'm just going to concentrate on the studio studio albums, and um, see how we go. So without further ado, let's go right all the way back to. Uh, the beginning of the alphabet and start with A. Uh, and today I'm looking at Abacab by Genesis. Now this was quite um quite a recent album that I actually bought. I think it was something like the Christmas of 2019. I think what happened was I got um I got an Amazon voucher for Christmas. Um and I just thought, okay, well I've got you know a few other Genesis albums. Not the coolest band in the world coolest band in the world I know um but then I'm not cool I never have been and never will be so um all, all of the cool stuff doesn't bother me but I had a few albums of theirs before um I had Duke I've got Duke um and then there were three Trick of the Tail Invisible Touch um and then I went on to buy you know a, a couple of others as well including Abacab and um yeah I, I bought it on download you know, I mean, obviously, it'd be great to have the actual vinyl copy, but uh, but you can't go wrong with a download because you can just, you know, there it is, you know, at the press of a button, you know. And also, you know, I'm running out of storage space in the uh, in the home, you know. When you've when you've got uh, a wife and two kids, um, especially with the kids, you know, space is an issue, you know, <laughs> for all their toys and their books and you know all their other stuff. So um, yeah, download a download suits me fine for albums. So this was originally released in September nineteen eighty one. Managed to reach number one in the uh, in the UK. Spent twenty seven weeks on the charts. Um, also did very well in America, where it spent a lot longer on the charts on the Billboard two hundred. I think it managed to stay on the charts for over a year. Um, they, I think they were at that point where they really started to do well in America. And uh, um, this was kind of like, a, you know, a, a big, you know, another big blockbuster for them. So the album kicks off with uh, with a title track, which is uh, which is actually an extended version of the, uh, the 45. It was the first single to be released for the album. Um, it went up 10 in uh in i think it was august or september 1981 um and uh the the album is different from uh 
the single version because you get an extended instrumental break at the end, which uh, which includes you know various um, proggy beeps from Tony Banks and the keyboard, um, and you've also got um, Mike Rutherford doing a great guitar solo, which uh, which takes it into the fade out, and it's yeah I mean it's it's probably more accessible to um, so record buying audiences, I think. I think this is kind of. Um, I think by nineteen eighty one, they were at that point when they were really kind of starting to move away from the prog rock of the seventies to um, a more more kind of accessible kind of stadium rock. Um, but of course, keeping the you know keeping prog rock fans happy with the old proggy moment thrown in for good measure. So the the song itself is. Um, um, it is it is more accessible, I think. It also uses um, a trick, a vocal trick, which is to use a gizmo called the vocoder. Now, anyone that knows uh, In the Air Tonight by Phil Collins or uh, Man of Our Times, actually, which was on the previous Genesis album, Duke, um, it's kind of... A, a vocoder is... Um, it kind of... Um, turns your voice into kind of like a you know a call version. It can actually come up with like a you know a sort of a you know a choir noise, which um, which would mercifully you know get rid of the need for Gareth Malone again naturally, if only. Um, but it's it's actually quite a common thing. It, it was you know certainly a common thing at the time, which was uh, you know it, it was used on TV quite a lot. It was used as the um, uh, in the theme tune for viewers of a certain age will remember this um, the uh, theme tune to Chocoblock which was a kid show featuring Fred Harris and Carol Leader and they would um, you know they would trundle in on a, you know a little mobile buggy and they would uh, they would go through various words and uh, various words and numbers for kids and this was all the way back in 1981 when the Vakoda was reigning supreme. It's also heard on Megloss, um, especially on the um, in part three, um, when it's used for the sacrifice scenes of the Dion's and they're going to uh, sacrifice the Doctor to Ty. And at the end of part three, there's a great Vakoda kind of segment, which Peter Howe uses, Peter Howe the composer. And and it sounds great. It's a it's a really good gizmo, and it's used very well here in Abacab in the uh, in the final uh, the final chorus. You know when he goes oh, Abacab, that's a terrible that's a terrible impersonation. I, I won't I won't do that anymore. But anyway, it was a it's it's a good song. It's a uh, you know you know well deserving of you know reaching the top ten. And then the next one is a little bit, a little bit more controversial, which um, you know, in terms of the purists, you know, the purist fans of Genesis who you know kind of like to listen to all of side two of uh, Foxtrot, I think it is. Yeah, Foxtrot is it Foxtrot? Yeah, but it's um, the one with suppers ready, taking up all of side two. Um, I think those who were used to that kind of Genesis song, I think, would have been horrified by the second one. Oh, they were actually. They were really horrified by No Reply at all. Um, and it's actually said that um, when the band actually performed the song in the Netherlands, the audience booed them. They were they were that opposed 
to this kind of new style of genesis um which is no reply always you know it's a lot more straightforward it's a lot more accessible it's actually it actually sounds like it could have come from phil collins's debut album face value um because it's got um um the phoenix horns which were part of uh earth wind and fire they actually feature on here um you know quite a lot you know quite prominently and it actually sounds more like blue-eyed soul rather than uh, rather than prog rock um so it's um yeah it, it's a lot more glossy than uh than hardcore genesis fans might expect and uh even even the video is a lot more you know a lot a, a lot more kind of accessible you know they're actually um uh, they've got the true you know you've got um, Collins and Banks and Rutherford in shades and saxophones and it, you know it's it's a complete departure from you know their original roots uh, and also um, the other thing to say about it is again it's got quite a lot in common with face value in fact the, the subject matter is um, it's it's a simple failed love you know love relationship you know they um, you know there's failure to communicate for want of a better phrase so um yeah it, it's it's a real departure for genesis fans but i i like it personally I, I think it you know as a good straight ahead pop song it delivers and it delivers well and it's catchy and accessible and phoenix horns you know sound great i mean you can't complain with anyone that features on earth wind and fire for purists the next track is probably more their cup of tea i think it's called me and sarah jane which is quite a difficult one to get a reading on i mean when i hear it i, I just think oh it's about you know sarah jane smith the other companion from doctor who um but it's not it's um it's more of a more of a hodgepodge i think because it's it's very unusually structured and it's also a longer track as well it's to me it kind of comes across as a medley of different songs um it kind of you know it ducks and weaves in different styles and i think this actually reflects the the subject matter which is about um a lonely man who is actually invented in his mind uh, a fictitious girlfriend from sarah jane and is actually you know it's it's you know qu you know quite quite dark actually um you know the implications are that the um that the man you know the the character in, in this song is suffering from you know some kind of depression or or mental breakdown there's a line in it which uh which goes going round and round and down the same old track um and it's yeah it's it's quite an interesting uh quite an interesting track maybe not the you know the most um most accessible one of the album but i suppose you know in keeping with genesis's original you know kind of prog rock sensibilities i think this is probably one that would you know that would appeal to the the old school fans but it's it's a fascinating track you know and there's you know there's there's lots of ways you can interpret it um but yeah i, I think overall it, it it works very well so the final track on what they call you know the old-fashioned side one is the uh, is another single to be released. It was the second one, the second single to be released from 
Abacab, which is called Keep It Dark. Um, and actually, I, I think it's probably even better than the um, the Abacab single, um, personally. I, I, I really like it. I think it's very possibly my favourite on the album. Um, unfortunately, it, it didn't really do very well in the charts. I think it was released in October 81, and it only managed to get to number 33 in uh, in the UK. Um, it's quite quirky. Um, it's um, it's the tale of a man who uh, who is who's been abducted and taken away to an alien planet, and when he comes back, um, he is instructed by the authorities that he can't tell anyone. He can't, you know, he has to keep it dark um, because you know everybody will think he's absolutely crazy. You know, well, you know, no more crazier than you know. Uh, 2023, but there you go. Um, and what's more crazy about it is it's an he went to an alien world where everybody lives happily ever after. There's no war, there's no corruption, there's no arguments, none of that, which makes it even more crazy, I suppose. So it's it again, it's very kind of quirky subject matter, but. Um, I, I, I really like the tune as well. It's, it's again, quite a quirky kind of off-kilter drum rhythm um, that features in the song. Um, and also the, um, um, the cover sleeve is really clever as well, the, the original 45 of Keep It Dark, because it features a trio of brass-wise monkeys who speak no evil, see no evil, hear no evil. But overall, yeah, I, I, I would say it's actually my favourite on the album, I think. So we flip over the side, over to side two, and we're now on uh, Dodo slash Lurker, which is kind of like, um, mm, they, they do this a fair bit, actually, Genesis. They, um, they tend to have like two songs in one. Um, I'm thinking of um, the Domino track on Invisible Touch, which is kind of like two songs in one. Um, and again, it's more of a throwback to, you know, the early days of Genesis, which is, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of, you know, sort of veering off in different tangents and, and it, again, it's quite a long track. It's about seven minutes, I think. Um, and it is, you know, it's, again, it's quite difficult to get a reading on. I mean, I, you know, I, I can't really tell what it's about. Um, and it, it's one of those tracks that throws lots of different instruments in there and, you know, lots of different styles as well. Um, for the most part, it's probably what I describe as bombastic keyboard driven stadium rock. And by the end of it, you've got this bizarre Collins does this rather strange kind of um, rap, you know, before rap became trendy about a mythical lurking creature that doesn't need wings to fly. And you even get um, Christmas bells thrown in at the end. You know, it sounds like, you know, you should go about, you know, with uh, Christmas, you know, Christmas hats and uh, put up Christmas trees and decorations and all of that. So it's it's a, ve it's a very old one, very difficult to get a reading on. Um, but I suppose it's part of the, uh, the you know, the, the song's charm. And if you didn't, you know, if you couldn't really get a reading on that, then... Um, the next track after that is, is even more crazy, Who Done It, which is 
were just mad. I, I mean, it's 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 probably more throwaway stuff. It's probably what you call filler. Um, but it is it is mad as a box of frogs. Um, you know, with I mean, Collins doesn't really kind of have have much to sing about. I mean, he just you know sort of repeats the same old lines over and over again. You know, sort of was it you or was it me? And then you know, and then he later says, "I didn't, I didn't do it." And then uh, he keeps going, we don't, we don't. In, uh, and they have various different sound effects. Speed, you know, they either speed up the voice or slow down the voice or add the coda. Um, and it's just really goofy. Um, it's, it's I, I don't know. I mean, if, if you want to, you know, read too much into it, I mean, it could be a, a loose follow-up to a robbery, assault and battery from a, a trick of the tail. Um, but you know, it's it's just throwaway stuff, playing around with various sound effects, and uh, but it's got a good rhythm though. It's got a really good, um, strong driving rhythm from Collins. You know, really good, really good drum rhythm there. Um, yeah, probably not the the most essential track, but you know, it's fun. And uh, you know, there's there's not really much I can I can add to that. So we return to a, a little bit more of what you call sanity with the next song, which is called Man on the Corner. Um, this was another single that was released in March 1982. And again, it's probably a little bit more like a Phil Collins solo song. I mean, it actually could have quite comfortably fitted onto Collins's But Seriously album from 1989. Um, it's kind of a forerunner of uh, Another Day in Paradise, um, in which Collins tackles uh, homelessness. It's probably probably less preachy than Paradise, actually. I mean, it, it just, you know, it straightforwardly tells the tale of a man on the corner, you know, it's, you know with lyrics, nobody knows, nobody cares, because there's no hiding place. And it even, it even sounds the same, actually. It's, it's kind of got that um, trademark Phil Collins drum machine. Um, which is quite difficult to describe. It's um, it, it, um, it's if you hear it, you know what it, you know what I mean. Anyway, um, and it is. It's it's probably probably it, it's probably one that would appeal to Phil Collins fans rather than Genesis fans, I think. But um, it's not bad. Um, not the favorite on the album, but uh, you know, I think you know whether or not. Uh, whether or not it, you know, it, it did so well in the charts, I don't know. I, I don't think it, you know, I don't think it cracked the top 20, but I could be wrong. You know, answers on the postcard, please. So the next track, uh, the penultimate one is called Like It or Not. And the, um, I always think it's going to be like an instrumental version of the, uh, the Perry Mason theme tune in the, uh, in the introduction. But this is actually more kind of, uh, more kind of soul, actually. It's kind of a return to um, the, the style of No Reply. It's all, this is kind of like the slow dance number. Um, and again, the, um, the, the, you know, the, uh, the, the lyric matter is, uh, you know, a guy who's, you know, who's unlucky in love. You know, he, he just can't catch a break when it comes to relationships. Um, but unusually, it's, um, it's Rutherford actually contributing uh, this song rather than Collins who's more used to the, the more accessible pop. 
But I, I, I like it a lot, actually. I think it's probably, it, it is probably one of my favourites on the album. I, I think it's, uh, you know, it's a good one. There's some really nice chord sequences in this, actually. Um, and it actually sounds a little, it's a little bit motown actually, especially with the um, the multi-track backing vocals from Collins um, at the end, um, as, as it fades out. So, yeah, like it or not, that's, uh, yeah, I, I do like it. do like it a lot. Um, and the the album closes with quite quite a subdued track actually. It's, it's quite a quite a low key number called Another Record. Um, and it's there's a kind of bitter irony about it because it's about a, uh, an old rock and roller. You know the you know the lyrics go. You know there's an old rock and roller. He's got nowhere to go. And yeah, I mean there is a bitter irony now that you know Genesis. Uh, I've called it a day, you know, they're, they're no longer performing because of uh, Collins' health issues. Um, and it's, um, yeah, it's, it's you know, there's no kind of, you know, sort of big tricks or dramatic flourishes. Um, you know, there's no kind of thumping instrumental like Los Endos on A Tricky Tale. It's, it's not kind of like a, um, a ballad like um, Afterglow on Wind and Wuthering. But it's it's just a you know a, a regular you know well performed you know Genesis track really. There's nothing you know it's, it's nothing out of the ordinary, but it is it is a good solid closer to the album. You know it's um you know, nothing special, but you know it's certainly not bad. Overall, I, I like Abacab a lot, um, and I only you know because I only recently um, bought the uh, bought the album. It's um, it's probably not as instantly familiar as say you know Duke or and then there were three, but over time I've you know I've 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 got to know it a bit more and uh, and I, I like it a lot. Um, I'm no I'm not I'm I'm not going to do an out of ten because you know it's uh, you know it's it's not as cut and dry as saying oh I'm going to give you say out of ten or whatever you know like let's just say that you know I, I think it's a a good you know well-performed album and uh, a, a very worthy album in the other the genesis uh um discography so that's uh that's the very first album tackled um the next one on the list will be abandoned luncheonette by hall and oats so join me for that if you can but in the meantime this is me john ben Sali signing off uh thank you for listening take care bye bye